Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Another day, another season. This time it's uh, summer. Yesterday it was spring or maybe winter. <laughs> my my house went from having a furnace on in the morning to the air conditioning kicking in at nighttime. Go figure. Yeah, Only in Canada. Yeah. Morning, Paul. Morning, Frank. Good morning. Buongiorno. Dare I ask how the market is, Mr. Rushforth? You know what? We're we're in a bit of a weird market. Uh, it's very similar to where we were last June, July, where you know we were telling people to buy first because they it's the smartest thing to do because houses were selling really quick. And you know, the, I'm going to shock you right now, but for the first time in three years, I had to do two guarantees this week. No wow. kidding. Two guarantees. I almost fell off my chair when two leads came in for guarantees, both listed with other agents. Um, one, agent, one of them Petras? <laughs> no. <laughs> one, of them, one of them, actually, we got her just off topic. We got her pictures back uh, on Thursday because it doesn't hit the market till next this coming Thursday. Her pictures look smoking hot. Look really, really good. The house. Anyways, uh, to make a long story short, um, one of them was, both of them were listed with other agents. One of them, the agent actually told him to reach out to me because he was struggling to sell his house. Um, and the other one was just asking for information on the guarantee, but two this week on the guarantee. And I was absolutely shocked. I was getting ready to change my message from, you know, your home sold or I'll buy it uh, because I didn't think it was a valid message anymore. And it's, it's <laughs> looks like it's a valid message again. So how are you feeling but, about that, Paul? How are you feeling about that? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I just get a little bit worried for consumers who, who get caught with their excuse the term, we caught with their pants down because the market has shifted that quick and it's that fluid. Um, but then we're seeing glimpses of the other way. You know, we're seeing st- homes still selling over asking price. We're still seeing bidding wars in certain areas. And then in other areas, we're seeing a bit of a slowdown uh, where it's, you know, it takes a strategic approach to get your home sold. Saying that, we're just under 2,000. Last week, we're over 2,000 listings on the market. Right now, we're at 1993. So we've dropped a little bit with the active, active listings. Uh, last, last seven days, we've had 700 homes hit the market, which is great. 589 have sold. Uh, but we've, we're seeing an increase in the number of listings. We're seeing a bit of a decrease in the sold properties and a bit of a decrease actually last week in the average sale price. So uh, I'm not too concerned about it because we, we are in a fluid mar- uh, market. We've seen this happen in June and July and August of last year. Um, and you know what? Sometimes you chalk it up to, to weather. I mean, last weekend was a very slow weekend, but it, I chalked it up to it was such a beautiful weekend that people were concentrating on doing outdoor things and gardening and getting their homes ready. So I'm not too concerned about it. I still think we're in a very strong market. Uh, I think we're slowly teetering towards a balanced market if it continues to go this way. Beginning to see stories now of people wanting to renege on their deals, people that bought Yeah, but and- you know what? I would be very cautious when you read those stories. A lot of them are coming out of either Toronto yeah. or uh, Vancouver, you know, I saw one coming out of Calgary the other day saying, you know, and there was one actually lawyer who was promoting use my services and I can get you at any deal, which is wrong because you know what, if you're getting someone out of a deal that the, the people, the house that they bought have already moved on and bought another house, it's the trickle down effect of screwing people. Right. And I don't, th- I don't think we're going to see a sort of a, a, a drop in the average sale price. I think we're going to see potentially a flatter market coming forward, but don't panic. People who have bought a house, they think that they overpaid, and you know what? In six months to eight months, you're going to look back and you're saying, wow, I definitely did not overpay. So go well, through it's it. also not a six-month investment, is it? 
No, it's not. I mean, you're most likely, unless you're buying an investment property that you're, you know, you're looking to flip, which is not really feasible nowadays, but unless you're, you're buying something like that, it's more of a long-term investment. I mean, I, I've told the story before when I bought my East end office and I bought my West end office, I know I overpaid, but I also know I was going to be there for the long haul. And now I look back and I'm like, geez, I definitely underpaid now, you know? So if you're there for the long haul, don't worry about it. Don't panic. Market's sure. not going to Should sellers be looking at bigger down payments? What do you mean, sellers? Should they be asking for a bigger down payment? Oh, bigger deposit. Yeah. Well, deposits are relevant, to be honest with you. I know people say, well, you know, if they renege on the house, the, 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 the seller gets the deposit. That's not true. What happens is the seller and the buyer have to agree to that. Yeah. And what buyer is going to agree? Oh, yeah, I paid $50,000. I need to back out. Sure, take my $50,000. What happens if they don't agree? It sits in trust. And then eventually, neither of them get it. What usually happens is down the road, they agree to split it or something like that. But yeah, I mean, a deposit shows the strength of an offer is really what it shows. I mean, if you're putting down a large deposit, it means one, you have money. And two, it's showing a strength of an offer. So yeah, deposits nowadays are getting higher and higher. It used to be general rule of thumb, about 1% of the purchase price. But now we're seeing, I mean, uh, we're seeing deposits anywhere from, you know, 25000 to a million, million to $100,000, depending on the price of the property. This might show my age. My last deposit on a house, I think, was five, 500? five grand. <laughs> oh, five grand. I mean, I've seen, I've seen deposits with 500 and 1000 still once yeah. in a while. You know, people got to take the money out of the RSPs and they say, I, the money's not out until my offer gets accepted. That's where my down payment's sitting. So I got a thousand bucks. I'll give it a deposit check for a thousand bucks. So that doesn't bode well for a multiple offer, though, does it? No, no, no. In a multiple offer, one, you want to be clean. Two, you want to not only like a lot of times in multiple offer, you, ha- you have conditions and then you have clauses like, you know, keep the house in the broom swept, the manuals, all that kind of stuff. In a multiple offer, you try to be as clean as possible and almost have that thing as blank as possible. And the deposit needs to be strong, show the strength of your offer. Uh, and you really don't want to be asking for anything extra. And, and you know, you don't want to be asking for furniture. You don't want to be asking for fridges if they don't give it to you. You want to make sure you give whatever the seller wants in that situation. Hey, Frank, what's going on with rates? I see now we're at, what, a little over four and a half? Four and a half. We're, we're almost touching 5% with some lenders. So it's, uh, it, you know... You know, for clients that ask me, you know, we're scared rates are going to continue to go up. I just believe that it's almost like buying a stock that's been really hot for the last six months and you want to buy it now because it's got some 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 track. The problem is that maybe you're buying in and we've seen too many people do it. Now you're buying in at the top instead of buying in when you should have bought in six months ago when it was at the bottom. So, you know, it's got uh, the likelihood is more that it's going to come down. It might not come down for the next month or two, but I feel that way about a five year fixed. I think if you got to lock in in the mid fours to the high fours, I think you might be locking in when it's near the top. I mean, it may not be at the top yet. There may still be a couple of increases, but realistically, I think it's as close to the top. It's much closer to the top than potentially coming down. So, you know, when you got the option to take a variable and the variables are in the, you know, the, again, depending on your bank, it could be anywhere between the low twos to the high twos. There's a big gap there. I mean, you know, do you really believe the prime rate is going to go up one and a half to two percent? And if you think that, then yeah, take your five year fixed and you know makes you sleep at night time. But I think if you're you know you know if you really want to make a a sensible choice, you might want to really seriously consider the variable rate mortgage today because I think it has way more benefits than it does pitfalls. Frank, on June first, what are you predicting? Still half a point. Half a point. Yeah. 
Yeah, no question. 6.8. I mean, inflation this week was announced at 6.8. Uh, you know, I imagine the jobs report will come out and they're still going to be pretty strong. The unemployment will be low numbers. So uh, oddly enough, this week, the bond market came down by about 15 basis points, despite the fact that inflation came in at 6.8. So so I think the markets have accepted the fact that we're, we're in a period of inflation where we're going to see the fives and the 6% over the next three, four months. And again, the key is going to be what happens three, four months from now when this inflation really starts to kick in and starts to impact many more Canadians. The summer months are big tourism months. Are people going to travel? Is tourism, you know, going to continue? We've just gone through two years of minimal tourism. So now is it going to come back this year? Because, you know, we hardly talk about the C word anymore. You know, it's not so prevalent in our conversations anymore. It almost feels like we're back to normal. It's going to be interesting. I mean, there's a number of economists that think that uh, potentially a global recession is around the corner as well where other countries, I mean, we're a rich country, other countries maybe cannot tolerate fuel prices and food prices the way they are the way we can. So uh, it's going to be an interesting next six to 12 months for sure. My guess would be it's inevitable with gas prices, what they are, food prices, what they are, and there's no sign of them going down. No, I think it's inevitable. I I agree. You know, it's funny. I was driving down. Well, not funny. I was driving down Innis Road yesterday and gas prices were a dollar 70 or eight, maybe a dollar 75 or a dollar 80. Wow. And the, the lined up. The lineup down the street was humongous. And I Is that crazy? I never thought I'd see people lining yeah. up for like a dollar 70 something in gas. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? They, here's the trick if you want to feel better, just put 25 bucks in. It takes so much less time now to put 25 bucks in than it used to. See? Yeah, you just be back the day after or, t- or, or, or two days after. Your time is more valuable. You can get in and out for 25 bucks now. <laughs> have you, have yeah. you seen, have you have Frank, I mean, have you tried to book a, a flight yet? Like, it's just ridiculous, the cost of flights and trying to get, get flights. It's like, I'm trying to get to Dallas, Texas with, with Angie and Jocelyn at the end of August, and the flights are like, you know, take me 11 hours to get to Dallas, Texas, and the prices are just ridiculous. Yeah, you almost got to you almost got to drive to Toronto or drive to Montreal or drive to Syracuse to get a better flight. It's that's how crazy it is. Yeah, but who can afford gonna, to do uh, that? <laughs> I was going to call you actually and see if I can jump on your private jet. <laughs> My private jet. Well, with the time and money, what are you going to do? Just save it on breakfast. Paul, just take his electric car. You'll have to stop about eight hundred and thirty times to nah, charge. Nah, you won't. <laughs> nah, you won't. <laughs> 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580-CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and Frank DiPolitano. Paul, just going back on the reneging for a second, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to get what you think you're owed if a deal goes south, right? I mean, the idea, yeah. the idea uh, is you can sell, you can sue, rather, for the difference in if, if the house sells for less. But you'd be in court for a long time, and they may not even have the money, right? It's hard. It's really hard. We've seen a lot of times where people are just like, well, you know what? It is what it is. I'll just put my house back on the market and try to sell it again. In some circumstances, uh, they've sold for more. Yeah. But I think the way the market's going now, if you bought in you know, Jan, Feb, maybe even March, and someone backs out now, you might be underwater. So your only option would be as a seller is to put it house, put the house back on the market, sell it. If you, whatever you sell it for less than you, you originally sold it for, you sue for that, but you also sue for um, 
you know, what, what it's going to cost you to back out of your potentially the purchase that you have to back out of now, yeah. uh, any costs, any, whether it's hotel costs, whatever it is, you can sue for that, but you're right. It's not easy. I mean, it's not as if you're, you know, it's a slam dunk and you're going to be, you're going to have your money tomorrow. It, it could take a lot of time. Yeah. It could take years, right? Yeah, it could. But the one thing I want to let purchasers know, even if our market starts to get a little bit flat and you're worried about if you overpaid for that property, keep in mind, the average sale price at the end of 2019 was $441,000. Since then, as of the end of April this month, we've gone up 63%. 63%. So if you feel like we're going a little bit sideways and potentially you think like you overpaid a little bit, did you really? Like, you know, your, your, your sale price has gone up potentially 63%. You, you, you have all that accumulation. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic too much of whether you overpaid or not. And sellers, I mean, we're still seeing a lot of sellers out there that are, are, are really greedy, you know, like they're, they're, they're holding on for just the, the home runs, slam dunk. And it's, you know, you're getting a great dollar for your home. Um, you know, and we're seeing a lot of sellers that will get a preemptive offer. That's a great preemptive offer and they won't even look at it. And it comes to offer day and they get less, you know, so it's, it's, we're in a really, really strong market. And I don't want the mess message to come across that, you know, either sellers are struggling right now or buyers are struggling right now. Both are, are winning. Both are winning. Both buyers and sellers are winning right now. That's up to the realtor. Like in a lot of cases though, Paul, I think, you know, good realtors will do a good job with that. And some other realtors just, um, you know, they're just maybe desperate or they, they just don't want to challenge the, the seller and let them know, like, this is probably the best you're going to get. Instead, they think, you know, because they took the listing at an elevated price, potentially, or told the client they're going to be able to get an elevated price, then they kind of turn down that offer because it makes them look bad when in hindsight, that offer is probably a fair offer. And, well, you know, I've had, I've had buyers go through that where they're just disappointed because their offer gets turned down and then they find out that, you know, it may be sold for two or $3,000 more and they would have gone in at five or 10,000. I can tell you there are a couple of occasions where the, my buyer was extremely upset because somehow the seller's agent brought their client in and they didn't get a chance to compete fairly. So, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just slimy pool right there. I mean, that's, that's not cool. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it, that happens. That definitely happens, but it's, you know, the other thing too is when I was selling my house, I turned down an offer, a preemptive offer on day three of $101,000 over my asking price. And Josh, who was, who, was, who was helping me with my deal, said to me, he goes, you do understand you're turning down $101,000 over asking price. Now, I thought my house was worth more. It worked out that I did get more, but I could have been kicking myself if I didn't get you know what I got. And I turned down a, a big offer. So being in that circumstance, being in that situation that I had to go through, I now see how tough it is for, for buyer's agents and for seller's agents. Like, do you turn that down? Do you accept that? It, it was tricky. It was really, really tricky. And so I do have a lot of compassion for buyers and for sellers in this market. I really do. I'm glad I went through it because I have that compassion now. Yeah, but I would say 99% of homeowners think their homeowners think their house is, is worth more than it, it is. Well, I'm one of them, right? I'm yeah. one of them. I, I, I mean, I, you're I, just a bad client, though, Paul. <laughs> well, you know what, and Josh? The next time Josh is on the show, you ask him exactly what kind of what type of client I am. <laughs> he told me 
I am the worst seller he's ever had to deal with. And he wanted to fire me as a seller. He wanted to fire me. I said, I said, Josh, you know, you can't fire me. It's my brokerage in my house. He's like, no, you are awful. He goes, I'm having nightmares at night because of you. And so what did he do? He took another listing from you. Yeah, then now he's getting, now he's listing Petra's house, and so now I'm I'm not a, I'm not a nightmare with Petra's house yet, but her house hits the market on Thursday. I'm going to be a nightmare as of Thursday. <laughs> hey, I, I I already bought you a ticket to Mexico for a week, so oh, that's Josh, what I Josh Josh would chip in on that, no problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I know it's early, but what area is her house in? Her house is in Chapel Hill North in Orleans, a uh, little bit of an older part of Chapel Hill. Most, not most, but a lot of the houses in the in that area um, are are somewhat dated. I mean, because they're older homes. Her house is completely renovated. So, if anyone in Chapel Hill North, if you're looking for something in the East End in Chapel Hill North, um, and something that's it's a three bed, three bath, completely renovated, she took down walls, new flooring, new kitchens, bathrooms, electrical, lighting, uh, anything you can think of is, is totally redone and. and her taste is spectacular. And then if you, when those pictures come out, I'll send them to you the pictures, guys. When they come out, they're going to, oh, Frank, I say her taste is spectacular. I'm like, I, don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. In houses, maybe. Okay, so maybe she doesn't have great taste when it comes to men, but she has great taste when it comes to houses. Hey, listen, as a real estate broker, what protection do you have when she decides not to move in with you? Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Hey, Frank, next question on our agenda today. Home equity lines of credit. Looks like they're mm-hmm. coming after them. Well, they already changed the rules a uh, number of years ago where you can only borrow up to 65% of the equity in your home. Um, that may come down 80%. again, though. That may come down again. Yeah. I, uh, you know what I'm str- – now, again, I struggle with this, and, and here's why. Who are you to tell me what I can do with the equity in my house? It's my house. It's my, what's next? You're going to tell me how much I can have in my bank account? Like, where where's it end? If somebody owns a property, shouldn't they have the right to... And listen, all it's going to do is open up a door where somebody really needs the money so they can only get 50% as an equity line of credit. Now they're going to go and get money on a private mortgage and cost them more. So exactly how are you helping Canadians if that's what you're opening the door for them to do? So uh, again, I think they need to rethink this properly. Uh, I don't think restricting, and most people that use home equity lines of credits have valid reasons for it. They're not going out and, and you know, spending it and throwing it away. Most people, most people are using it, renovate their house, help their kids. God knows, I mean, kids need help with down payments and, and being able to afford a house today. So you're going to start to take that away from people. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think that's the wrong avenue to go down, in my opinion. Right. I um, I use my line of credit just to buy your breakfast every week, Frank. Oh, please, 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 please. Obviously, you don't owe anything on it. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's not going to impact you if they change the rules on it. But no, like honestly, you want to buy an investment property? What's the best way to do it, Paul? Line of you credit. Take, you take your money out of your bank account or would you borrow from your line of credit because it's a tax write-off? So And, ra- and rates so- are cheaper too. And research, well, it depends, right? If you're investing properly and you're getting a good return on your investment, why would you want to cash out your investment that's giving you a better return? And why not borrow the money? Not to mention the fact that you've got tax favoritism or you know that, that allows you to borrow the money because it's an investment property. So why would you take all of those things away from hardworking Canadians? Listen, if the issue is you're worried about debt, 
then fix the unsecured debt. Stop yeah. going after secured debt. Fix the unsecured debt problem because that's where the problems are. It's in credit cards. It's in these payday loans that are out there. That's where the problems are. Those are the expensive. A home equity line of credit is a prime plus a half, for God's sakes. Don't penalize people and stop them from getting advantageous uh, you know, loans that allow them to use that money to do something to maybe make them better. What's your take on the readvanceable mortgages? Oh, well, again, I mean, so you know, are, so this just week... To, just to explain, those are the mortgages yeah. that as you pay down your mortgage, your line of credit goes up. There's more available to you, right? Yeah, again, that's uh, Scotiabank's got the step. I mean, almost every major bank has that type of a mortgage where, you know, it opens up the line of credit. What's wrong with that? You've qualified for that amount. The house has likely gone up in value or continuing to go up in value. I can tell you this week alone, I had two inquiries for reverse mortgages. So I can see those becoming more popular. And again, a reverse mortgage is available to anybody that's 55 years or older. And what it does, it's uh, specifically it's a mortgage that uh, basically you get a certain percentage depending on your age. The younger you are, the less percentage of equity you can take out of the house. But one of the uh, clients that I had this week is 90 years old. And she wants to sell a house that needs a lot of work and buy one that needs less work. She has a very small mortgage on it. And for her, it makes sense to have a reverse mortgage. Not only that, but we also, I wanted to make sure that there was an exit plan. So her daughter, she's, uh, who's going to inherit the home, uh, is 55 years old. So again, in her case, the way it's, it's going to be set up is that once she inherits the house, because she's also on pension, uh, she's going to be able to inherit the house and inherit the reverse mortgage as well. So that, uh, you know, it makes sense then to go in that direction so that, you know, this 90-year-old doesn't have to use all of her pension money to pay for a mortgage for the next few years. Wow, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can use a reverse mortgage when you're buying a house. If you're a senior and you're buying a house, you can get a reverse mortgage instead of standard mortgage now. No, I mean, that, fees. I, I didn't know you could pass it along. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think, you know, in this case, I mean, I wanted to make sure. So when I talked to the company that's doing the reverse mortgage, they said, yeah, like it's it's transferable. As long as that person qualifies for that amount, it's transferable. So it's a great option for seniors. Wow, that's great news for Paul. He's very close to that 55. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm seven years away. 521-TALK, <laughs> We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Paul Rushforth is here. Frank DeBello is here. Oh, boy. If you go back two years, two and a half years, who could ever have imagined what home prices would have done and the fact that we'd be at almost 5% for a five-year mortgage? unbelievable the changes in the well, past couple of years you know the interest rate i'll challenge you on i mean if, if we go back two and a half years i mean in january february you know prime rate was at 3.95 which is three quarters of a point higher than it is today and um you know as much as we were stable there was still more talk of potentially prime going up than coming down at that point until COVID hit so um you know but rates but five-year fixed rates and again there's some greed here you know i will say that at that time or, or here, let's even go back a year and a half when, you know, you can get a five-year mortgage for 1.89. The bond market was 0.4, the five-year bond. So you're talking about a lift of 1.4% between the two. Well, today, the five-year bond's at 2.7, and yet here's banks closer to 4.5, 4.6. So again, what the banks have done is they've, you know, 
quietly and uh, just uh, increase their spread so that there's a little bit more cake in it for them and and um, consumers are paying the price for it. So it's unfortunate. I think the rates should be in the low fours and not the mid to high fours. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, this is where we have no say, very similar to gas prices where everybody wants some kind of control on gas prices. No different on the mortgage side. There's not a lot of control and uh, all the banks can collude and do whatever they want when it comes to mortgage rates. Right, like not even a month ago, probably two, three weeks ago, we were talking about rates hovering up in the high threes and now we're borderline getting near the high fours. It's just, it's it really is. And very quiet. It's all happened very, very meticulously 10 15 basis points every week and you just see little increases nothing that hits the media so you don't hear the main street media talking about rates going up i i mean think about it over the last three months we've gone from uh, we've probably gone up about one and a half percent and yet maybe one media story i saw where rates went up uh really nothing it's been very quiet it's been uh very interesting to see the way the way it's happened i've never experienced this in my 30 years in, in the business one thing we do really well as a team too is we try to do educate the people on mortgages before being sent over to a you know professional like you guys. But almost everyone I talk to right now about mortgage rates, they're so in the dark about where they actually are. Like I had one client the other day that said, "Can I still get something in the the one point nine nine range wow. yeah. for a five year fix?" And I'm like, "What one point nine nine? I said you'll be lucky to get something in the threes now. I'd be like, you're you're in the fours now. It's crazy." You see how quiet it's been, though? You see how how it's been very, like, normally big. Like, prime rate is obviously front news story. The minute the prime changes the quarter point and the half a point that we've seen this year, front news, like front page. But, you know, again, the fixed rates have been very quiet, very, you know, methodically. All the banks and lenders have done it very, very in small increments and sometimes two or three times a week so that it doesn't hit the headlines in any way. It's almost like they've learned that secret now. You know, it worked the first time. Now we can sneak a few more in. No question. Now, again, they use the bond markets and the fact that inflation's where it is. You know, one, uh, and I can tell you that I, that I spoke to a VP of a bank and he said, Frank, you're not going to believe this, but our delinquencies are lower today than they were in March of 2020. Everything that we've gone through, and yet our delinquencies are even lower. We we couldn't imagine that that could happen. Hey, do wow. you do you guys think government's sticking their nose in too much these days? Of course, hundred percent. I mean, when when you talk about even for qualifying, even for you know how you got your money, prove that it's not laundered. I mean, there whatever happened to look at? I've worked hard. I've made this money. I want to buy a house. If there's a problem with what what you think my down payment is, get the government to come after me. Don't make the banks do it. Well, my, my biggest beef is on down payment. We get grilled on down payment. Like anybody that's got a deposit that's outside of their payroll deposit that's over $2,500 has to explain where the money came from. And it's like money's been there for 65 days. And why are we having to explain where that money came from? The money got into the bank somehow. Why isn't that bank responsible for for looking into it and finding out where that money came from? And honestly, 99.99% of Honest, hardworking people make deposits, whether it's transfers from another bank account, whether it's they sell something and they get the money for it, uh, and they don't have a receipt for it. Like if somebody sells, you know, chairs or a table or something, uh, I don't know, when's the last time? Did you sell anything, Paul, that you're doing receipts for everything? You don't get receipts for it, but yet they're looking for paperwork on it, and it makes absolutely no sense in there. And it's hard for us on our side because, you know, I feel like I'm invading in a client's private matters and I don't want to invade in it. But unfortunately, 
it's the only way to get a mortgage approved is to be able to identify where this money came from all the time. And it just feels unfair to mortgage brokers. You know, and some people say, well, if I go to my bank, they won't question it. It's because the money's in that bank account. So they're not questioning themselves. Yeah. But when it's somebody else that does it, we get questioned. Do private lenders question? Private lenders have to also abide by the money laundering rules, but they're, they've got a little bit more give on it. Again, if there's common sense involved in it, they can make notes and make common sense where, uh, of a transaction. Again, I mean, if you're, you know what the government's looking for, somebody that's doing something illegal where there's, you know, $1,000 going in every day or $1,200 one day, $1,500 another. Where's that money coming from? Like, what are they doing? Uh, and of course, they're also looking, uh, you know, to make sure that they're getting their tax revenue from it. So, you know, that's another way of them really pinpointing on, on consumers that might be doing work for cash and putting it in their bank account. Frank, is your, your money laundering, is it FinTrack? Yes, of course. Yeah, so we're FinTrack too. So we're, yeah. we're, we're FinTracking them and you guys are FinTracking them? Yep. Yeah. And I don't but think somehow the I, banks don't. I don't think it's Frank's money laundering. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. The mortgage brokers, like, it's the lenders, like, it's not us. Right. Yeah, and there's common yeah. sense, you know, and clearly it says transfer from another account. Well, now the lender wants 90 days on that account to find out where that money came from. And the trail sometimes is going like deep into six, nine months because maybe it came from another account that they had a GIC coming up for maturity. They want 90 days history on the GIC. It's way over the top today in our business. Our paperwork that we're doing is is incredible. The amount of like. You know, I had a deal and and even the other writer called me and she goes, Frank, I understand this is a slam dunk deal. There is, but I need this, 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 and this. So I sent, so here's a professor, professor at a major university here in Canada, buying a property, second property because his daughter moved here and the grandkids are here. So he says, when I come to Ottawa to visit, and he's from Guelph, when I come to Ottawa to visit, I want to be able to stay in my own apartment. My wife and I, we want to be able to stay in our own apartment. We don't want to, you know, um, so anyway, bought a property, 65% down, uh, gave, works at a major university, T4, paced up three months bank statements. Not good enough. We need the letter from HR. Wow. Like, why? Why? For what reason yeah. you need that? Like, like, is that overkill? Of course it is. Overkill. Absolutely. It's overkill. Yeah. Yeah. No it's, such, un it's no, unfortunate. No such thing as privacy if you're looking for money these days, huh? None. Zero. And actually, they're talking about open banking. I mean, be be prepared, I think, to everybody. I will say that open banking is going to come. The government's going to enforce it. And what open banking is, it basically, if you're applying for a mortgage, it gives that lender, you're going to sign a document that gives that lender the authority to go to that financial institution that you bank at and get the 90 days or 120 days uh, records uh, on, on your behalf. But that's whether we like it or not, that's coming, I think. Steve just got nervous. Oh my God. Yeah. You're going to see where I'm spending my money? Guess, oh my God. Yeah. Guess I'm moving to the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is where, honestly, I think we're going to start to see more people you know, go and do ATM withdrawals of two, 300 bucks and then do whatever they want with their money so that there's yeah. no trail. Yeah. And, you know, that's really, what I think we're going to see. And whose money is it? You know, it's uh, like that's what I think too. If I'm working for it, like, who are you to tell me what I can do with my money? Exactly. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. 521-TALK, 521-8255. To the phones we go. Say hello to Dave in Ottawa. Hey, Dave. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first of all, just a comment. You're talking about the rates... Uh, 
about a year ago, I called in, and because of listening to the program, I was in for about the last year and a half of a five-year term at about 3.5. So you recommend a blend and extend. I did for about 2.5. If I were Good move. Today, if I were there today, I'd probably be at about 4.5. Yep. Good move. Who loves you, Dave? Who loves you, Dave? Thank you for the advice. But I got a question about the uh, investments, uh, the mortgage investment program. Was there a minimum amount to uh, have to get into that program? I think it's ten thousand. You know, best to call Mike or the team. But I think it's ten thousand dollars. If I'm not mistaken. I remember Mike. I remember Mike saying ten k. That sounds good. I'm losing a little bit on my uh, uh, RSPs that are in the the, you know the stock market kind of thing. Well, they've taken a hit for sure. The last two weeks haven't been yeah. kind to anybody I'm in the stock losing, market or mutual 10, funds. 000, I'm losing about $500 per quarter, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah give uh, give Amec a call. Uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer at the office is probably good, 274 that, that can be an RSP transfer, can't it? Yeah, yeah for it sure, can. for sure. Okay, I'll yeah. give that some thought. Thank you, guys. Just ask, awesome. ask, Thanks. ask for Mick Hapke. Okay. <laughs> no, as for Amy, Captain. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. All right, Paul, crystal ball time. Where are we going the next two months? Um, <clears throat> you think it'll be steady? You think are we going to have listings jump? I think, jump up? I think, yeah, I think we're going to be very listing heavy. Uh, I think we will have some listings hit the market. I mean, as of, as of right now, we're still hovering around that two thousand mark. Like to see those increase. Um, I think uh, potentially until kids are, are done school, it's going to be status quo. And I think once kids are done s- school, I think we might see a little bit of a slowdown in the market. Um, you know, as we always do. I mean, I even look at my team. I mean, they take a lot of time off in the summers and lots of vacations. And how do you blame them, right? I mean, they're they're cooped up all winter. And I think you're going to see a little bit of that as well. You might see some home sellers and some home buyers enjoy life a little bit more. Maybe not, you know delve into real estate as much so we might see a little bit of a slower market in the summer months but homes are still selling and people are still buying homes so we're still going to be in a very good market um where should where should sellers expectations be today well i think sellers expectations need to get away from where we were in jan feb and march where you can put your house on the market and expect two hundred thousand over asking i think the sellers expectations have to realize that 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 market is gone um but however because we went through that market they've already increased the value of their home astronomically because of those two, three months. So just get a little bit more realistic. You put your house on the market, you get something, you know, juicy over asking it's worth looking at for sure. But once again, it all depends on what area you're in. I mean, we've had, you know, same time as I put my house on the market, I had a a good friend put her house on the market. Mine was in Orleans. Hers was in a different, I don't want to say the area, but hers was in a different area, Uh, an area that was probably faster moving than Orleans. Well, she's still on the market and I'm not on the market. So it, it all depends on what you're selling, what the product is. I think we're seeing a little bit of a shift from the hot townhouse market to uh, more of the single homes now. And I'll tell you why. There's people who can afford a little bit more, but they want to keep their payments around around a certain amount. And they're like, yeah, I can get a townhome for 800 grand or I can get a single for nine. I can afford the nine. Why don't I jump into a single instead of the towns? So I think over the last probably three weeks, we've seen the townhome market get a little bit shaky. Um, you know, when you're searching in certain areas, there's more townhomes on the market right now than there has been for quite a while, mainly because the prices have skyrocketed so much on townhomes. So, Hey, Paul, a, a realtor uh, friend of mine said that uh, he thought that maybe Barhaven and Riverside South have slowed down a little bit. Is that the case? or? Yeah, they have. They have, they eh? Have. Okay. 
Yeah, they have. Um, the problem being is they were so, I mean, they, they had no other way to do this than to slow down a little bit. I mean, the market was going absolutely crazy in those areas. When you look at the West and the South, they had to slow down a little bit. They are slowing down a little bit, but it's nothing that we need to worry about. I mean, if you have to sell your house, don't panic, get your house on the market. It will sell, temper your expectations, forget about what your neighbor sold in January and February, because those numbers are most likely gone. You might take a little bit longer. It won't be sold in two hours. It could be, it could take a week or two to get your own sold and just temper your expectations. Because a lot of times when we're looking at comparables now, we'll go into someone's house and they'll be, my neighbor sold for X in Jan, Feb. I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's yeah. Jan, Feb. Those, those two months are gone. Uh, let's look at what's sold over the last three weeks to six weeks. That's more of where your, where your expectations are. So, you know, we used to, back in the day, we used to look, look at comparables in a certain area. We'd go back a year and we'd look in that year, all the comparables in that year. Now we're going back about a month. We go back about a month to get our comparables now because three, four, five months ago, we can't use those as comparables right now. It's that market is gone. Uh, now you're still taking advantage of going through that market with your average sale price, but it's just the expectations need to be tempered a little bit right now as a seller. Is your uh, home going to close before your golf tournament? <laughs> the my day home, of. The my day home, of. No, no, my home. Uh, the no, new one I, I bought. New one I bought closes the 28th, and the one I'm moving out of closes July 18th. And my golf tournament's on the 26th. 26th mm. of July. 26th of July. Yes, we are. Thanks for bringing that up, Steve. We are, we had two sponsors that, uh, that have backed out mainly for financial reasons, which I completely understand. So we are selling some sponsorships. If anyone is looking to uh, get into the golf tournament, Frank has been, uh, you know, one of my sponsors since day one. Um, and uh, which I really appreciate. And he can tell you it's uh, quite the tournament, eh, Frank? Fantastic. Well done. Well run. Uh, you know, the scoring sometimes, I mean, you know, <laughs> I should be a two-time champ, but whatever. But uh, no, you know what? It's a great tournament, a uh, great way to network with a whole bunch of people in the industry, many industries, which is fantastic. Uh, just a good day of all around fun. And most importantly, raising money for an amazing, amazing charity. So, And yeah, your sponsorship amazing. works a little different, right? You get a sponsorship, you get a foursome, right, Paul? You get, you get a foursome, uh, yep, in the sponsorship. You have, uh, obviously, it's a whole sponsorship. We have food and booze on every second hole, so it's really fun. Uh, every, every person that's in the tournament gets a $300 pair of Maui Gym sunglasses. Um, a good way to get your business exposure and to treat some of your employees. So you can email me, paul at paulrushforth.com, if you have any interest in, uh, in joining and getting into, we have two sponsorships left. And, we're and great busy. items in the silent auction, too, like amazing oh, yeah. items in the silent auction yeah. as well. Yeah. And this is the first time back in two years, I guess, huh? It is, yeah. So really, this should be our 11th annual or 12th annual, but I think it might even be our ninth annual right now because we, uh, we are off for, uh, for two years with COVID. So it's nice to be back, and I can't wait to see some of the, some of the businesses that, uh, that sponsor the tournament. Great, great time to network, like Frank mentioned. Well, no problem. Oh, we got to try and get Brady Kachuk there. I mean, that would, that would be amazing. So, would be man, awesome. yeah. talk about a guy that's having a lot of fun right now. That's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. He's, he's still having so much fun in Calgary watching his brother play. Yeah. <laughs> you see the thing on Facebook, he's walking up the stairs with two with beers. Three beers, yeah. <laughs> a beer in his hand. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. All right, birthday's Frank. 
Uh, yeah, I've got a couple uh, from my office. Uh, James Leach celebrating his birthday, and Barb Kramer celebrating her birthday this week as well. Ooh, how uh, old is Barb? Let's throw Barb under the bus. Never mind, not going there. Forty something. <laughs> we'll go for forty something. Uh, and uh, you know, this uh, this individual interrupts our show once in a while. But my little puppy Lola's turning three this week, so oh no, uh, oh no, Paul, Paul, we're this down. This show to, is going to the dogs. We're this down to wishing to dogs, dogs a happy oh. birthday. So, <laughs> but but today. Uh, 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 a special um, uh, congratulations to uh, Chris Allen and Lindsay Willett. Uh, we're attending their wedding later on today. So uh, happy nuptials to uh, Chris and uh, Lindsay. Nice. Uh, I have my pet fish is turning three today. So I want, <laughs> I want to wish my pet fish a happy birthday. My guinea pig turns four. So well, I hope you're doing a better job of buying them food than you do yeah. us. So. Uh, Jamie, one of my super agents, Jamie Urie from my team, celebrates his birthday today. And if anyone, like I said, is looking for an amazing house in Chapel Hill North, my girlfriend's house hits the market uh, this week on Thursday. Get a hold of me at Paul at Paul Rushforth if you have any interest in that or getting into this uh, my golf tournament. Awesome. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week. Enjoy the heat, everyone. Hey, where should we buy, Frank? What? S- support what? Oh, support local businesses and charities, of course. Oh, my God. So wow. Sorry. Oh. Wow. <laughs>